Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Horwardell and I'm uh, I'm gesticulating uncomfortably in my chair right around the microphone as I do this introduction. Not sure why, but joining me, as always, the one, the only, the fakest of fake fans, Greg Crown. Gregory, how are you? I mean, it's just rude. It's just, this is rude to say and untrue. Uh, should I share text honest. messages with the audience? Feel free. Okay, let, let's let's go back. Let's go back to seven. Let's go back to seven eleven yesterday. No, you know what? Let's go back to six twenty three on Sunday. Sunday evening. Greg sends me a text. It says simply, "I'll say it." Six oh four the next day, he texts me back again. Doesn't say anything. Uh, nearly 24 hours later, he says, it was that Steph is good at basketball. Yes, very. Uh, 6.05, I, it was a little back and forth, and I said around 7.01, just FYI, I have to start the game a little late tonight. Greg says, I won't be watching because there's no point. There Gregory, is no turns point. out there was a point. There was a point. Yes, I, I, I'd gladly be incorrect about that, about that game. Listen, I love to be. I would love more than anything to be wrong about this Sixers team. I'd love to win a championship. I'd love for for James Harden to play like that every single game when called upon. It is it is hard to fully buy in, especially after one game. I'm in. I'm going to be heartbroken when this team, if this team eventually loses, but I I I'm in. I'm fully in. Fake fan. No, not a fake fan. You literally were out last night. You were out last night, you told me. And then I watched the game, and it went unbelievably better than expected. Now, some would say the Celtics took the Sixers lightly because the giant man... Took them lightly. Tatum had 93 points. I'm not not denying that Jason Tatum... They shot 70% in the first half, and the Sixers were only down three. How about you give the team some credit? It's about defense, too. You have to play defense, and they chose not to because Embiid wasn't there. Sixers also stop, shot 60 stop plus clicking percent. whatever you're clicking. Oh, sorry. I was messing with something <laughs> in my hand. Uh, yeah, look, the Sixers, the Sixers shot really well, but they, they withheld a Herculean first half by the Boston Celtics who shot nearly 70% well shot 70% from the field. And what seemed like about 104% from three somehow. I mean, they were missing Jason Tatum. Yeah, it was bananas. Um, we, uh, yeah, man. So much to talk about. We have that. We've got football. We've got baseball. I've got BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at all of the latest lines, some uh, interesting Philadelphia-based futures, and much, much more as we go. But can I tell you, I did think that the the media bias was a little bit interesting because in that game, especially in the first half, there was this there was this sense that like, Jason Tatum's having a game for the ages. And they'll casually mention that, oh, yeah, also James Harden has 21 points, the same as Tatum. 
I mean, stop it. Don't don't tr- don't pretend like they weren't talking about Harden as well when Harden they started were, the game. Were. Harden sure. started the game six of seven, and they were all over it. But would you or would you not agree? The majority of the first half, minus the very beginning of the game, was about how great Jason Tatum was. I mean, it might be skewed a little bit because Harden's big quarter was the first quarter, and then the second quarter, Tatum scored eighteen points. So. Maybe a little bit, but I don't. I didn't think that was that bad. Oh, I did, and I'm not one to usually call that stuff out. But I just thought, look, and Tatum is an unbelievable basketball player. He he's incredible. It seems like every time I watch him play, he looks a little bit taller and a little bit like his arms are a little bit longer. It's crazy. He is. He's remarkable. He is one of the most underrated players in the NBA today because not everyone considers him one of the top five players in the NBA today. And he is absolutely on that level. He does everything well. Um, But man, I want to send that guy home. Yes, I would love to. (laughs) I'd love every, every fiber of my being wants to beat the Boston Celtics. It's, they're the team from their fan base to the takes on Twitter about everything. I want I want nothing more than to send them home disappointed. I I think it is going to be very tough to do so. You yeah. took a very big punch and somehow evaded it and survived in game one, and I couldn't be happier. But Didn't it's just it's, evade it and survive. You got the you got the decision. It's still it's still a very very uphill battle uh, from this point on because I can't imagine defensively they're going to come out as lackadaisical as it seemed like they were for a majority of that game. Well, I just think that James Harden is a basketball genius. I mean, if you watched what he did, it's just like the kind of people don't think about basketball as a chess game, but it is when you start thinking about about switches, about how you're going to deal with pick and rolls, how you're going to deal with guys going under or over. They tried to, the Celtics tried everything they could to hide Al Horford, including taking him off of Paul Reed, who, by the way, four of the most clutch (laughs) free throws I've seen, like shout out Paul, B-ball Paul, absolutely. But the Celtics tried to preemptively stop Harden from being able to switch on to Horford by taking Horford off of Paul Reed and putting him on PJ Tucker. And Harden just, he just made, made a living going at Horford. He, he made Horford unplayable for the Celtics. Yeah. He exposed him uh, very much. So, which was pretty crazy if we're being honest, like, well, I mean, he, the guy is—he takes a lot of crap for maybe he's not the athlete he was five years ago. But James Harden, there are a few, there are a few smarter basketball players in the world. I, I agreed. I can't argue that. Like I, he he played the absolute perfect game. And thank you to Malcolm Brogdon who made one of the. I mean that was what was that what was that NCAA tournament game? What was that terrible pass at the end of the NCAA tournament game that let the sixteen advance? Virginia. It was yeah, uh, that yeah. that was a Virginia esque bad pass. Oh, so bad. It was unbelievable. Like I couldn't have drawn it up any worse. 
No, hit Maxi in stride. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did great. And uh, Maxi, like, I was very, I was a little bit concerned the play before that because he basically just let Marcus Smart go right by him in the lane rather than, uh, uh, rather uh, than risk it, g- getting a sixth foul. But he did what he had to do to stay in the game, and then he he did some things to help win the game. Yeah, no, it, it the issue is is the three fouls that he picked up prior to that, which were just unbelievably bad. Like I and I it, the the officiating they let them play for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter was like we're calling everything, hand checking. We're we're doing all the calls for well, this. Quarter. They they let them play unless we're talking about Jason Tatum once again. Uh, sure, uh, that's fine. J- JT gets the ball and goes to the basket. If it's a miss, he's getting he's going to the line. Ah, there was a couple ones that were a little more questionable than that in the fourth quarter, though. I won't say they, that. They entirely. did let a little bit go in the fourth quarter. I am surprised. Like I was a little bit concerned that last play was going to get whistled, but it didn't. Um, but that's really one of those things where, as a ref, it has to be so egregious to call it because you are deciding the game by blowing that whistle. Well, I mean, the block charge at the end, which was yeah. clearly a charge. I mean, Maxie was well into the air. My biggest issue is, is he, okay, so you call a block on the floor. Why are you reviewing if the guy was in the restricted area or not? It doesn't matter. No. It, if it's a block on the floor, the restricted matter or area does not matter in any way, shape, or form. Like, was th- was the situation too big for those refs? I don't know. Like they forgot what the rules were. They forgot what the call was. Like I don't, I don't get that. So very bizarre. What is your expectation in terms of uh, Joel's availability for game two? I think if he can play, you play him. Why not try to step on the throats, go up 2-0, heading back to Philadelphia? Well, if the guy who, who, if he can play, play him. If he, if he's still shaky, see if you can run it back. I don't know if you can, but you can certainly try. If that's the case, then uh, 76ers plus 10 at Bavada for the next game is a is a solid wager. If, if, if you have any expectation at all that Joel is going to be back. And by the way, uh, credit where credit is due. I, can I tell you, I've been looking forward to doing this show for the last like three hours because I wanted to see how your your overwhelming cynicism would be able to cloud such a happy time in Philadelphia sports. It's not cynicism. No, it is. It's cynicism. Uh, You're a cynical person. Did you see what he tweeted? That he spoke it into existence? Yeah, he literally cried for two straight seasons, three straight seasons if you count this one, about not winning the MVP that the NBA NBA media just gave it to him. One of the most popular and talented players in Philadelphia history. I respect how good Joel Embiid is at the game of basketball. I'd like him to play it when the games matter. And he does it oh, every year. <laughs> he just me, doesn't. Stop, dude. Like, he's five playoff games. He's played three of them. And, and the 76ers have won the last two. So if that, if we need, if we need to Joel, if we need Joel, Brooklyn Nets if, out of here, if we that need does Joel to heroically sit out games, to allow the 76ers to win. That is what MVPs do. Listen, I, I'm happy for him. Congratulations on the MVP. It is deserved from a stats perspective, I'm sure. I don't necessarily know if he was the best player on the best team. But, but how often is the best player on the best team the MVP? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, but it is, it is, you know, something that the award 
it's been very much narrative based for several years now. And this is one of it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. The narrative is Nikola Jokic is one of the most uniquely skilled players in NBA. history. It goes way back further than that. So that's fine. What's the, what's your, it's, it's people's now? turns. It's all, it, that's the way the MVP works. It's this guy's turn to an MVP. Jokic is actually kind of the, the one outlier in the situation because his play versus his turn it was was more deserving of the MVPs when he won them. But if you go back to situation, like, to be the MVPs, how many should LeBron actually have? Like, if we're being perfectly honest, should he have oh, six? Uh, should he have eight? Like ten. Yeah, exactly. So, it, let, get that's, out no, of here. You know what? That's not fair because Kobe existed over some of that, so... That, oh, that is true. I will give you that. But there, there are just times where some of these awards, it's a little bit that it, it. I have to have some skepticism towards them. Joel Embiid okay, is very I'm good. Sorry, I, I'm. I don't want to. I'm not trying to. And I, I recognize to some of the listeners what I just said sounds very callous, and understand that that wasn't my intention. I just meant Kobe Bryant was part of the ba- the National Basketball Association during that period of time. I can see where the hardcore Kobe fans would take umbrage with me saying he existed oh yeah i I didn't even i didn't even put that together that is not what i just want to get ahead of that right now because that was not the intention smart very smart um i clicked it again i gotta throw this thing away um (laughs) but no i listen i'm not surprised that he won typically if you whine for three years about it and then put up an unbelievable season they're gonna have to give it to you at a certain point and, and guess what typically if you put up an unbelievable season you also have a pretty good chance to win mvp uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he did. The, the whining part doesn't need to go into it. Doesn't be part of. Doesn't need to be part of your own personal <laughs> narrative bias it, it against one of the of greatest sixers of all time. I'm not. Listen, you're never going. I'm never going to deny the man's talent at playing basketball. Again, I would like him to play when I would when we we need him the most to play. Well, I mean, look look at the things that he got. Somebody ran into his legs in the Nets series. Uh, Markel broke his face at one point. It was an issue. Yeah. Like, it's not, these are, first of all, it's never the same injury. And and, uh, Siakam broke his face in in another one. Wow. That was Doc Rivers' fault. That that was Doc Rivers' fault. I don't disagree with you one bit with that statement. But, I mean, like, one one was a player being dirty. Two were bad luck. Like it's not like he's it's not like he's breaking his foot every year. And that was the big concern with Embiid was going to be the health of his feet. Is Adrenus Ilgalskis, and that really hasn't been a thing at all after that. That is true. You're not wrong there. It has not been. It has not been an issue or a lingering issue. Knock on wood. The guy just needs to like start preemptively wearing a face mask over. Yeah, the, that works. The, the last the last tenth of the season in the first round of the playoffs. I'm fine with that. Wear a mask all the time, or anytime he's around Markel. Yeah, yes, very <laughs> much so. His teammate broke his face. That was cool. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's just been a bunch of bad luck. But congratulations, Joel certainly deserves the MVP. I watched the video where they did the announcement like six times while I was in the bathroom. I um, the thing that strikes me is like. This is a good group of guys, man. It really is. This I is mean, a, they clearly get along. Good team. And I think having Maxi as part of it is so important too. Well, it's just a, it's a young guy to infuse the energy into the into the room and into the games especially. Like 
you watch him play, the guy's motor is on 150 the entire time he's out there. And he's so, smiling while he's doing it. Yeah, he's unbelievably happy to be there. And also very good at basketball. Like, even in even in yesterday's game, like, you, if you have guys who are 8 for 21 from the floor, or whatever he was at a certain point, and, and, like, that can affect someone's play and confidence – he doesn't seem like that guy. He's like, I'm just going to no. keep shooting if I have to or do whatever I have to do to be out here to to make sure we're, we we have a chance to win this game. And and it's that that has that's something that this team didn't have a, a third or really even a second option, if we're being perfectly honest, over the course of several years. But now there's a clear second option and then a clear third option in most cases. So. I, I, he's, he's been sort of the linchpin, uh, for a lot of this. As the great John Plower once told a 12 or 13 year old Chris Horvodell, if you're hot, keep shooting. And if you're cold, keep shooting till you get hot again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not the, not the person I thought we would reference on today's show. <laughs> so, Hey, look at that. Shout out JP. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's just like this, those, like, I'm also very, I'm also very here for the Maxi, the Anthony Melton friendship. Like those, those two are just fun together. And then you have Toby's the grown up and then you, you watch the videos like this and you see like, you see that Harden's a very different person privately than he shows that he is publicly. Uh, yeah, I think and so. It's just like this is a good group, man. This is a group you can. This is a group you can root for. Now, it's it's funny that that does coincide with maybe it just being like we've seen this so many times, but maybe one of the least fun groups to watch play basketball at uh, you know for the last quarter of the season. As I don't know, maybe it's. Maybe it's just weird for us to see our team being a, a more veteran team that kind of gears down at the end of the regular season. Yeah, because they were very boring, but uh-huh. so far it's been fun. It's it's fun to be in a close game where uh, the ultimate thing is like, oh, we just have no real shot of doing anything in, in this. Yeah. And maybe this team is different, and maybe my skepticism over the course of this season Cynicism. and expect—same uh, thing, uh, <laughs> but not really—and um, the expectations of the fact that we this is a team that we can't beat. We this is the hump that we can never get over. Maybe it's wrong. I, I'd like to see it before I admit to that fully. But um, I, I just I need to win three more games in this series. It has to happen. Well, uh, I'm looking at series pricing at Bavada and the 76ers to win the series plus 160. So there is there is value there if for those people who believe it can be done. And uh, among those people, Gregory, not sure if you saw this, the recent 538 numbers give the 76ers the highest percentage chance of any team remaining in the playoffs to win the NBA Finals at 29%. It'd be incredible. It would be absolutely incredible. When wouldn't it be funny too, and and sort of like poetic, given how this team's teased us over the past <laughs> handful, yeah. bless you, handful of years. Um, if it was the 76ers that broke the Philadelphia runner-up curse this year, 
I'd be happy about it. Um, <laughs> it, it would most certainly be. Uh, it would most certainly be shocking. I think is the best way to put it. Um, but I, I, I still worry. I still worry. They, someone, one of the teams has to break it at some point. Eventually, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Possibly never. Um, but if if it happens, it'll be it'll be great. What's the, what's your take of the play of PJ Tucker? Uh, in terms of like being good at basketball, <laughs> yeah. Feel free to expound on whatever thoughts you like. I mean, he's out there. He's, he sure is. He, he runs for forty minutes. You know, he plays probably thirty-five minutes a game, thirty minutes a game. He runs around a lot. There's some hustle plays. Um, I don't think the, uh, below the belt shot was a purposeful thing. I think that was purely coincidental. Mm. Um, that's not even being a Homer. Cause as you can tell by most of my rhetoric, when it comes to the Sixers, Homerism isn't exactly where I, I fall. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I find it very interesting. Um, very, very interesting that he's as prominent on nba teams uh but then again there's could be there there could potentially be a game where he just gets hot from a corner and he has nine points all of a sudden and you're like wow he had three really crucial threes and nobody really realized that was ever going to happen because it happened like six games all year so yeah no that's that's entirely fair and by the way uh, i know one of your favorite (laughs) prop bets is first basket if you want to go PJ Tucker dunk for the first basket oh, in the next game, uh, what do you think the what do you think the odds are at Bavada, knowing all you do about first basket props? I, I mean, when's the last time he dunked? Number one, uh, <laughs> I love the I love the wrinkle of the method of scoring. It makes it so much harder, but the the prices are so much higher. Yeah. I think he's got to be like plus twenty thousand. That is exactly what. Yeah, it is, that man. that that makes sense. <laughs> just just an unbel. If that were to happen, I I mean now I might have to just uh, take a dip in and see tomorrow, uh, just in case. Just to get, I, I I'd love to know how many times PJ Tucker scored the first basket of a Sixers game all season. Let alone dunk dunked in general first bucket, uh, just overall. But that would be. An incredible, incredible thing to happen. Uh, but the, I'm looking at how many dunks. Is, okay. PJ Tucker. That's just how many threes. PJ Tucker, dunkest. Minutes played starter, dunkest. I don't know what dunkest points are. Dunkest does not sound like a real statistic. Yeah, this is. I'm on dunkest.com and uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm pretty sure this is all made up. Nearly uh, has to be. In I will tell you that in uh, there's a Reddit post from two years ago. User Dark Knight Ls uh, says <laughs> the post is titled "Can PJ Tucker Still Dunk?" <laughs> I was just wondering. He's very strong and thick. Getting a bit older, doesn't seem to have much lift. I've watched a lot of PJ minutes since joining the Bucks and haven't seen him get close to a dunk. Any evidence to the contrary? Um, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to say anything about 
about his dunks. <sighs> I'm having a hard time finding out finding PJ Tucker dunk information. I can't imagine there's a ton of dunks on there. Like they, I, I like there has to be a statistic for dunks, right? Yeah, that isn't sure. dunkist. That is that isn't dunkist. They monopolize the dunk statistic. <laughs> I don't twenty rows free throws plus minus games played, game logs graph minutes. These are just stats, man. I don't I don't need stats. I, I need I need to know if this this hundred dollars I put down to win twenty k at Bavada for a PJ Tucker dunk is gonna pay off for me. I googled when's the last time PJ Tucker dunked, and there is so many articles of people dunking on PJ Tucker. <laughs> PJ Tucker have PJ Tucker dunk total. This is like I just I need to know this information now. How is how does Basketball Reference not have something like this? I feel uh, like that would be the place to go, but I don't see anything there either. No. I mean, I, I, I think you, you found uh, Alex Caruso and P, and Cam, Cam Johnson dunking on P.J. Tucker. That is correct, sir. <laughs> uh, and I, I love the Oh, people. here we go. Okay, hang on. Tell me. NBA.com, advanced statistics here, shot type detail. This is for the... Uh, I'm assuming, yeah, it's this season. Well, this is the playoffs. Let's check out the regular season first. Here we go. Um, so first, I'm going to have you guess each one. Okay. Uh, alley-oop dunk shot. How many attempts did he have an alley-oop dunk shot? Over what period of time? The entire regular season. Oh, this year is zero. Correct. Alley-oop layup shot. Oh, uh, no, hold on. Cutting dunk shot. Uh, so just the catching, catching a pass and dunking off a cut. That sounds about right. Zero. Yes, correct. Uh, driving dunk shot. Oh, this is where it gets tricky. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm going with zero. That is correct. And then there's just an overall dunk shot one, which I think you can guess uh, what that is. Twenty-five. No zero. Uh, zero putback dunks. Zero reverse dunks. Uh, running alley oop. Zero. The can we go back? Does... To, can we go back to previous seasons? <laughs> Let's see. I just need to know when's the last time PJ Tucker dunked. Let's go to 2021, 2022 here. It's just loading up for me. And by the way, while you're doing that, I can tell you that that plus 20,000 is the exact same odds of Bavada you get if Paul Reed hits the first uh, hits the first shot and it's a three. Oh, or, man. This one, not terrible. You can get uh, Tyrese Maxey dunk plus 20,000. That's not bad. Yeah, you could see like Maxi steals the tip or something, gets a dunk to start off. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. All right, so here we go. 2021 uh, to 2022. I will tell you, he he made at least one dunk during this time frame. So last year, <laughs> last year is a buck. Yes. Um. It, okay, I'm gonna say it was a a driving dunk. He had zero driving dunk shots. Ah. Heartbroken. Oh, he definitely didn't catch an alley-oop. I can't see anybody throwing P.J. Tucker an alley-oop. He did not. He did have one alley-oop layup shot during the season. So he was one for one in attempts. So So someone foolishly threw him a lob and he just (laughs) laid it up. That's what it sounds like. All right. So so he finished at the basket the same same way I would if someone threw me a lob. Correct. (laughs) 
Uh, what, what was it? It was a cutting dunk. He was one for one on the year uh, for the cutting dunk. And uh, it did say here that he also had one tip back, a uh, tip dunk that he See, scored that, on. That's where I thought it might come from. Right. From... Rebounder. You would think maybe just by accident. For Bucks. Yeah, because I mean like – I don't know. Every so often, you see you see the old fellas. Uh, okay, PJ Tucker clutch put back dunk to tie the game for the Miami Heat. Tucker on the wing flushes it with two hands. I mean, look at that, buddy. Look at that. And naturally, it was Tyler Hero that missed. Correct. <laughs> Dude, I honestly, when was this? This is a year ago. Was he on the Heat last year? Yeah, he was on the Heat last year. Yes. I'm an idiot. So this this is this is That's the, the dunk. You literally found the, the dunk. Yeah, this is no, this is the tip. This is the tip dunk. And I'll tell you what, like he gets it good. Like he he this is not an accident. This is this is a veteran. This is veteran presence of mind to know that anything bad that can happen is if you jump. That's like true. if if you jump at thirty seven years old, no. Once once you turn thirty, every jump is a risk. That's correct as well. That's correct. But in the NBA, even more so. No, it's certainly true. There's a lot of feet below you. Who knows what could happen? Every jump, especially like in any sort of athletic competition, it is has to be a calculated risk past the age of thirty. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Especially when you're wearing old shoes you find in the garage. That that was more. That was, to be fair, that was in that was in an in rhythm jump shot. Uh-huh. So I guess jumping, yeah. That, don't jump, kids. At once no you jump. hit thirty, don't jump. It's uh, it, uh, not a good not a good thing to do. I like that we're preaching not to be not to be active to the youth of America. I had to I had to chase uh, one of my children today who was running down the street, not happy with uh with you know not allowing her to do something sure. we're out front drawing with chalk uh even that even that can get a little bit risky you're running on uneven sidewalk it's a whole thing oh yeah no i can't tell you i walk my dog in the neighborhood almost every night and once every two days i just like i catch a piece of the sidewalk that's up and almost fall uh, it's never good dude now the Sidewalk is way more treacherous. And then you always have to have that like, that like, oh, ha, ha, ha reaction in case anybody's looking at you. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I, in, dude, in reality, I'm just like, damn, I hope my back doesn't hurt later. There's that. Uh, my, uh, my front yard is just full of potholes. I don't know whomever lived in the two houses here prior to myself and my neighbor I don't know what they were doing and the the maybe they had like a fence or something or I was digging for gold. It could be. It very well could have been. I don't know if they drew lines in the sand as to whose yard was whose, but I'll be mowing the lawn and I was doing it today before the rain came in and uh which is a very old person thing to say and now I mm. regret saying it cuz it just proves <laughs> I'm very old. Um, no, dude, I get it. Like, a lot of adult life is dictated by it's about to rain. Oh, so far more than anyone could have ever expected as a child. For real. Yeah. Uh, no, as a child, you think, like, your life's going to be about dodging quicksand. But it's really about, like, shit, it's about to, it's going to rain in two hours. Yeah. Oh, it rained for 72 straight hours over the weekend. It finally didn't for 
uh, like 30 hours. And the, the yard's probably dry enough for me to cut it because it hasn't been cut in a week and a half, two weeks. So, yeah, yeah, it has to get done. But there's just pit like giant holes that I just every time I mow the lawn, I step in and do, like almost turn an ankle or uh, the beginnings mm. of a turned ankle. Now I'm hopping on one foot for a second while pushing a, a, a lawnmower. It, yep. Never fun. That had the exact same thing in California when I was cutting my grass. Yeah, no. And there are spots and you're like, oh, I know there's a spot around here, but you're not sure exactly where it is. Inevitably, you, you find a way to step in it. Oh, that, that, without a doubt. It's like it's got a tracking device on it. It's coming right. The tractor beam sucks you right in. You're going to fall right into that. Well, Gregory, the 76ers and Joel Embiid aren't the only Philadelphia teams to do well. Let's briefly talk about the return of our another MVP, Bryce Harper, back in the lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies tonight and when they take on the Los Angeles Dodgers at 10-10 Eastern time. I, I couldn't be more excited, but also even more nervous. Like, I'm less nervous about Embiid showing up and playing on the, the, the gimpy leg than I am for this Harper situation. Sorry, can you can you, Harper DHing tonight? Yeah, he's DHing and batting third. I'm a new ba- batting third. And by terrified. the way, terrified. Philadelphia, the Phillies plus nine hundred to win the NL East at Pavada. If anybody's interested in that, what there was a lot of talk about Harper potentially playing first base. Where does that stand at this point? They love to show highlights of him in practice on the pre and post game show taking taking ground balls. Um, I think they're still cautious about him throwing. Not that you do a ton of throwing at first base, but it could come up uh, in in certain situations. So I don't know what the plan will be moving forward with that, but um, they they love to show the highlights of him at practice doing it. So who knows? It just you feel like it's just like a boon to have him actually on the field, and it yeah. just somehow means more than him just DHing. Well, it it takes somebody like Josh Harrison or Edmundo Sosa or well that's if he's playing first if he's not playing yeah. first then they those guys still probably stay in the lineup but it it takes that bout out of the takes, lineup and takes puts Derek in, Hall out of the lineup yeah well he's been out he got it, it was it was Derek Hall season for like four days and then he got hurt so he's out for he was out for he's saying he's out for two months probably a month left in that but it's it's just it's as excited as I am. I'm always going to be terrified that he's coming back too early and in baseball with how long the season is. And I know you're in a tough division with the Braves, et cetera, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I'm still worried because it is a long year. So what, uh, what have you made of this Philadelphia Phillies organization thus far? I, they're, they're very up and down. They've been hot lately. Not surprisingly, I, I went away for four days and all of a sudden they were just winning games like crazy. This is just what happens in no. my life. When I stop paying attention to things, our teams just win and all the fun stuff happens. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. They they win games they shouldn't. They lose games they should win. And it, it, feels, like, it, it feels very much like your normal Phillies season. And uh, watching, I think I've watched... 90% of the games, at least a part of 90% of the games live. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively optimistic. I, I need to see more from 
the starting pitching. The bullpen surprisingly hasn't been the issue for the most part. They've they've mm-hmm. not gone wood. They've done all right. Um, but you like what you saw from Wheeler and Nola versus the Astros. It seemed like they were starting to hit a little bit of a groove a month into the season. Strom's been fine. I, I don't know what to think about Taiwan Walker. I, I have zero idea. One one game he looks all right. The next game he gives up eight earned runs and three and a third. So you're sure. like, okay. And, um, I mean, you just barely falter. It's, it's tough to throw out there every five days. It's just not – you got to hope Ranger Suarez comes back soon. Well, it seems like the, the Alec Bohm hype from the preseason has cooled off a little bit at this point. Yeah, the 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 amount like he started the first week or two of the season very hot, following cool. a very good spring training. Yeah, and he's he's definitely cooled off a little bit. Stott stayed hot, which is good. Which Stott's is... been excellent. Well, I mean, he's one of like what uh, five Phillies ever with thirty more thirty hits through the first thirty games or something. Yeah, it's been it's been very very good signs from him, especially considering how poorly his World Series and most of the postseason run was uh, to see him get the offseason under his belt and really kind of settle in and be exactly what you hope for out of him has been has been fun. So I don't know. I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's a team that can at, at minimum get a wild card spot, but I'd love to see a division win. I don't know well, if it's I don't know if it's going to happen or if it's possible, but um, certainly, certainly I Castellanos has been awesome. Like he's been exactly what you wanted. Maybe a little more power out of him, but overall, like this is the guy that you signed from Cincinnati, leading the league in doubles. Like that yeah. kind of that kind of production. Like if that continues, and now you're adding Harper back into the lineup, it's well, and you got to hope dangerous. Harper gets Turner going. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, listen. You want me to be down? You want me? To, you want me to throw in some negativity here? Talk about a guy that saved all the fun for an exhibition tournament. Oh. It's been it's been tough. Uh, uh, tough but then you have Brandon Marsh hitting 337 with a 422 OBP. Uh, listen, great trade. Great trade. I don't know what to tell you. The front office had had it all figured out. It's the old Lenny Dykstra great trade. Who'd we get? Quote. Precisely. It's uh weird. It's just, this is such a weird team, man. What are let's see. Odds to win the NL Phillies plus a thousand at Pavada right now. Throw it down there. Throw it down. If I don't know what MVP if they have MVP odds up there. Nick Castellanos for National League MVP. I feel like I feel like Matt might have said that in the preseason. It's it's well, I, I had sent a message, but he had a home run in spring training, and I had sent a message in like February of twenty something, twenty eighth. 29, uh, not 29th, um, but I sent it to uh, to a group of people that I'm in, and I screenshot it. Now, every time he hits a home run, I just send it and said that I was the only one that ever believed in this man, which is arguably true. Uh, it's just very funny. Very fu- I think I think everybody was hoping and expecting him to, to have a much improved season, and I, uh, I think that's going to be the case. Well, let's talk about another man who maybe is – is a good example of why we should have patience with people in within our organizations. In some instance, a man with whom not a lot of people had a lot of confidence in for a very long time. He was the butt of many a joke. 
and now he is universally considered to be the best general manager in football. Howie Roseman with uh, a hell of a draft. I couldn't be more excited about the way the draft went. Like, I know, I know there are, you know, uh, maturity concerns and character concerns with Jalen Carter. Mm, from I a football. you were talking about me. No, I there. There's a lot more than just you who mentioned these kind of things. Um, no, I meant my my maturity oh, well, concerns. But, but also, if you, have to, if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. It's a good <laughs> role of thumb. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, like I think I think the pick that's going to stand out the most is the the Nolan Smith pick at the end of the first round. Can we talk about the Nolan Smith pick for a second? Because one of my buddies. Uh, shout out to Mike Massimini. Mike sent me a tweet the other day from Shane Huff on Twitter and Shane Huff's tweet. Uh, it was a, I'm sure you've seen these, these, these RAS grades, the real athletic score tweet going around, uh, Shane Huff's tweet. Fun fact. If Nolan Smith was a wide receiver, he'd be the most athletic wide receiver in the last 36 years, which is the history of RAS data. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I, I, now, I, I I imagine without knowing that this is true that RIS takes into consideration height and weight. Uh, I don't it know. It has to because they are in fact grades on this. But yeah, I for the edge that we just took to be the most athletic wide receiver prospect in the history of RIS grading. Like it's remarkable. I really, th- I, I wonder how much they knew versus how much they got lucky, because it did feel like once we got to a certain point, it's like, oh, well, okay, let's why, let's just trade up for Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith's still important. Let's go, let's go get Nolan Smith. We got got Jalen Carter. Let's go get him. Let's go get his team captain. Let's go get an, another incredible edge prospect, the team leader, a babysitter, as I said so many times. Uh, Let's just let's go get him. And then he was just there at thirty. It it feels eerily similar to the Nicobe Dean situation from last year. It's a guy coming off of an injury. I don't understand. His didn't seem like. I mean, Dean wasn't even coming off an injury. It was hey, maybe this guy is injured. Yeah, the um, the, the, the pack issue. Yeah, and Nolan Smith had the torn pack that kept him out of the majority of the season this year. Like. I look forward just, to seeing which bulldog tears his peck next year. He'll most likely be an eagle by the end of the Welcome to the Philadelphia. Day. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's it feels it feels almost too perfect. Uh, if you like, just to have that happen and him just be sitting there because we were going back and forth, me and you, and then in other group chats, being like, "Don't don't mess it up. Like, just take mm-hmm. take him if he's there," and he kept falling and falling and there he was and how he just scooped him right on up i'm on cbs right now and i'm looking to see who uh... okay so brock bowers the tight end is probably the highest rated georgia player next year he'll be the top tight end that doesn't really help us although it would be a weird howie type pick to take a tight end uh, where's Goddard's contract situation at? Uh, they just extended him and gave him that big deal last year. Isn't I was I can't remember if this if it was you that said it or if I'm making this up and I didn't actually hear this. Uh, is Goddard 
older or the same age as Ertz was when we drafted Goddard? Is that a thing? Am I making um, it up? Well, Goddard is a little bit older than Goddard is 28. Zertz, let's see. That's possible-ish, but Zertz is 32. So that that is possible that's true. Um, Goddard was drafted in 2018. So yeah, that checks out. Yeah, so it's he's like the same age Earth was when we drafted. So yeah, but I mean Goddard has a lot less miles on the tires than Earth did at twenty eight. Correct, very correct. I still I would I would have thought about uh, the Georgia tight end who went to the Steelers. I would have thought about. It. I would have thought about pretty much everybody that went to the Steelers. For the record, I think the Steelers had an unbelievable draft, including uh, Nick Herbig from Wisconsin. Um, Two more, three more years left on uh, on Goddard's deal. Pro- <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and coincidentally, Gregory, cap hit jumps from six point six million to nineteen point five million in twenty twenty four. So hmm. it, it seems like a restructure is more likely to happen either next off season, uh, this off season or next off season. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, the rumor with Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end, is a lot of teams didn't pass him his medicals. There was significant knee issues. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Ugh, that's not good. Uh, but it, he, he, I think he ended up going like one hundred five or something like that to the Steelers, who they they had a spectacular draft. But yeah, I mean, this draft for Philadelphia was just it was very very good, man. I, the the Sydney Brown pick is a is a guy who is potentially another leader type on defense. Uh, I, I thought Tyler Steen went higher than I expected, but I just trust this team to pick offensive linemen. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, yeah, and and the seventh round went really well. They 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 go up and they get Ringo, a guy who was the popular pick for the Eagles' first round pick all through the year, basically up until the end of the actual college season. Yeah. He's another I, bulldog. I, I they, love God. I was going to say, I love taking a flyer on him in that situation. Like it, the, I know there's a lot of like criticism of potentially being able to cover and these types of things, but like, why not go out there and get that guy? If you think, if you think he, you know, is a guy that started out with a potential first round grade, top 10 grade, where you got him. Like, do, ro- roll the dice on it. Well, and he's a he's a transitionable player. There's a lot of thought that he could be moved to safety if he doesn't work out a cornerback. So the floor is a little bit higher. I'm down. I'm down with that 100%. I like Tanner McKee, even if he doesn't necessarily fit in with what Philadelphia does. Uh, thought it was weird they didn't take a running back until they traded for a Georgia Bulldog. How'd you feel about the DeAndre Swift move? Uh, because of what you gave up, I think there's ultimate upside and value in that in that trade. You just have to, like, with any running back or uh, concerns, especially a guy who's missed time with injury, like, hopefully he can stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's unbelievably talented. And in this offense, it's not like you're asking him to be the bell cow and take 40 
carries a game. Like that's never going to be what we we need out of a running back. Uh, but he's a guy who has like that explosive ability. Why not? Why not bring him in? I know you know uh, th- it makes it better that it's a local guy coming home. That kind of thing. Like that's great as well. But uh, it's it's very exciting to to add a guy like that with that kind of talent when it, the position was a little bit up in the air. Like I know obviously you ever shot Penny and you have uh, Gainwell and you have Boston Scott, but now yeah. it's you know you're adding a guy who could who could potentially be a top tier running back. I'm gonna be fascinated to know uh, to see who wins the team starting running back spot. Because I do think they really like Penny. And in fairness to Penny, he is historically good when he's healthy. He's just not healthy a lot. This is a guy 5.7 yards per carry for his career. And uh, over the last two seasons, 6.3 and 6.1 yards per carry. Yeah. I, I mean, the the key thing is, is when he's healthy. Like, he's a yeah. guy... If you play fantasy football, you you know Rashad Penny's name because he's had those games where he's unbelievable, and then he breaks his leg or something like you know groin yeah. injury, like those types of things, and he just disappears. <laughs> Excuse me, disappears for several weeks. But uh, when at his top tier, he's he's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I'm man. It's kind of like you just hope you can get. 10 to 12 carries out of him, 10 to 12 carries out of DeAndre. But this can't be right. There's no way he's wearing number 20. No. There's no way they gave him Dawkins. Dawkins number, no, that can't cannot be right. Are you talking about Swift or Penny? Penny. Zero percent. On ESPN, Penny is listed as number 20 is all I'm saying. Let's take a look here at the Eagles website. Yeah, we got to have this. Got a okay. For the record, if you go to Eagles.com, it is the band, not the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Little Hotel California. A little bit. R.I.P. Uh, Glenn Fry. Uh, so it has no number listed for him, really, for any of the uh, a majority of the well, actually all of them, all of the guys they've signed or traded for this offseason, it has no number listed. Got so. It. That might just be a. Did Penny wear twenty in Seattle? I didn't think so, but maybe. Yeah, he did. He wore twenty in Seattle, okay. so that's probably that why. Uh, I, by the way, if you have uh, if if anybody is an Eagles fan and they haven't they haven't heard seventh round pick Moro Ajomo uh, speak, like Google this guy. This is a uniquely intelligent and thoughtful human being who is very, very easy to root for. You love guys who are easy to root for. That's, that's the best. Like you, it's like he is a, it's like he's a 45 year old college professor when you listen to him talk. Interesting. Like this is a very, very smart and thoughtful person. Uh, Enrolled at Texas when he was 16, just a, Really, a little bit undersized for the defensive tackle position, but they clearly think he's a scheme fit. So, you know, I, you're going to root for all of them, but a little bit more rooting interest there for uh, for Morrow in the seventh round. I'm very, I, dude. The, the issue with the draft, and and it happens every year, 
Mm. Is now all I want is football. Like yeah. I wanted more of the, I, I, I watched uh, so much of the draft this weekend because we, it was a rainy, like there was nowhere to go to take the kids anywhere, that kind of thing. Like, unless you were going and we don't really do like the movies or anything like that. Plus I'm sure they were flooded with people. Um, because Mario of Brothers. And, the Super Mario movie. Yeah. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things. So, um, but I, we were, we just kind of hung out at home for, for the most part and like just having it on in the background. But now all I want is football. Like yeah. I, I think, I think the schedule release show is, is I, mean, I understand why they do it, but that doesn't interest me. <laughs> no, no. Um, and I just, I just want, I want the season to be like two weeks from now. Like I, let's go get, get the, get the, the hall of fame game going, get the guys in Canton. Let's see what's happening. Uh, give me training camp. Like let's, Let's run this. It's why the NFL kind of owns the whole year because you just drop this like the Super Bowl, which to be fair, I'd like to never lose a Super Bowl again and then have yeah. the draft hosted in the city of the team that just beat you in the Super Bowl. That was miserable. Eh, um, whatever. Uh, listen, it, 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 I, just, I, I was over it very quickly. Um, the 17th time they showed Travis Kelsey with the with the Lombardi trophy on stage. I was like, I've had. Just about yeah. enough of this, but Here's the problem is I like the Chiefs players. That's my issue. Uh, like I yeah. like Kelsey, I like Mahomes. Like I, I like the, I like Andy. Like I never want to lose, but at least it's not like if it if I had to watch like the Cowboys or somebody like that, uh, just lifting the trophy, that would be more of a problem for me. I agree with you. Like I like Kelsey and I like Mahomes. I like those guys overall. I like them a little less now, um, to be fair. But they are like it's a hard group of guys to root against. You yeah, know what I mean? Like the, Buffalo would have been the exact same thing too. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, I would have almost if you were going to lose to somebody, Buffalo or Cincinnati, I probably would have been fine with either or. Simply because it's two tortured fan bases. Not that not that we're not a tortured fan base. <laughs> Let's be fair. We've lost two two major sports championships in the uh, won five like, years ago. Exactly. That's my point. Like we we have that from five years ago. So if you lose to one of those two teams, I'm I'm less you know I'm I'm less bitter towards that city uh, or that result than I am uh, losing to a Chiefs team that's won two in three years. Well. I think we're going to end it here, but good times in Philadelphia, man. Good times in Philadelphia sports. I mean, mean, we're half an hour away from, maybe 45 minutes away from Bryce's first at bat. (laughs) Watch this. Jesus. You've got at least 20 minutes left to live. Probably. I'm going to watch this fourth quarter between the Knicks and uh, and Heat, and we'll uh, hope for the best. Let me just say one thing about that. One of my least favorite things in the world is that the Knicks' goddamn backcourt is a bunch of Villanova Wildcats. It's tough for you. It kills it's me. Tough for you. <laughs> and like two of my like just favorite players, two uh, guys, guys who meant so much to that team, guys that brought you national championships. Yeah, and like yeah. Michael Bridges is a net. Like this is not how this is supposed to be. He he could have been a sixer. I don't yeah. uh, and Josh Hart could and Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson could have easily been 76ers as well. Uh well what one was a lot more guaranteed, Chris, to be fair. Well, that's that's fair because I remember at the end of that first round that year we had to take Andreas Pachesnik, 
the next Chris Tapps Porzingis over a, a perfect fit in Josh Hart. But that's another complaint for another day. <laughs> uh, for Greg Cronin, I'm Chris Hordell. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.